everyone, and welcome to our special Justice League episode of Comment Section. That's right. So, what we're going to do is Justice League's been out for a little bit. So, we're going to talk about the movie in spoilers. That's right. We're going to spoil something right now. That's right. You've been warned. If, if you don't want anything spoiled, it's time to go. I'm going to spoil it. I swear to God, I'm going to spoil it. There was no Green Lantern. Well, there was, but the Green Lantern we all thought was going to show up didn't. Yeah. You spoiled. So, yes. Spoiled. <laughs> they were warned. You were warned, and it's your own problem if you didn't if you didn't keep going. I mean, if you did keep going. So, um, just like our Spider-Man Homecoming one, what was your introduction to... I guess you, you weren't really introduced to the Justice League, but what was your introduction to Superman Batman? Superman and Batman. Um, well, I, I've kind of them separate. Superman almost just felt like through the ether. Like it was just <laughs> impossible to not be exposed to Superman. And I will say that I knew of Justice League's existence because uh, uh, I can't even pinpoint the era, but there there was a show. Two thousand one. In yeah. Um, and I knew that that existed. I probably I probably caught episodes. I just don't remember it, but I probably did. Um, so that is that's my introduction to Justice League. Barely any is basically the answer. Um, and my introduction to Batman would be at some point in my youth, probably the early 2000s, watching the 80s Batman movies and reading comic books. Uh, like the as recently yes. discovered Jacqueline Hyde series of Batman comics. Um, and uh, Batman was always my favorite superhero for a very, very long time. Until recently, I almost feel more like it's Spider-Man. Check out the last... Actually, please don't check out the last <laughs> episode. No. <laughs> it is a very uh, controversial one. You know what? This one will be controversial as well. Uh, yeah, actually, technically. Um, All of the our reviews have been we have another one one day coming <laughs> it will be like probably segmented into a regular comment section yeah and ooh, you thought you didn't like us we before have, we have hot takes yes it's, it's we cool. do um so yeah i was introduced and i will actually say i think the most i ever learned about justice league perhaps before i i can't pinpoint I, wait it must have been before Justice League came out was the game Injustice 2, so I really had very little exposure to uh, a lot of the DC overall DCEU. Um, I mostly just knew about Batman. But you did know about Cyborg. Yeah, oh yeah, I love, yeah, <laughs> Teen Titans. I, I loved Teen Titans. That was, that's, that's like the only superhero <laughs> show I really watched a lot of as a kid was Teen Titans, so. So, for me, um, Batman, I was introduced... To Batman at age four, and it was a combination of both the um, 89 to 97 film series, all four films, and Batman the animated series. And later that led to me discovering Superman the animated series. And then Cartoon Network, they would air even before the Justice League. I would watch in the afternoon before Batman Superman. I would watch the Super Friends, yeah. uh, the classic one where um, they don't move very much. And most of the action is through talking and pointing, but there you go. And then later, um, 
Batman the animated series and Superman the animated series kind of ended, and then we had Batman Beyond, but then they returned in the Justice League animated series, um, which I would watch every afternoon on Cartoon Network. And later in live action, I had with uh, the Justice League appeared on Smallville, where you had obviously Superman, but you had Green Arrow, Aquaman, The Flash, and Cyborg. Um, I remember people complaining about Cyborg's not a Justice League member, he's a Teen Titan, and now, well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, later, um, two other great versions of the Justice League were in the Young Justice show. That was a show focused on more of the sidekicks like Robin and all that, but you had the Justice League in there and they were great. And also now we have the DC Television Universe on the CW, which I can't say enough. Crisis on Earth X, oh my god. <laughs> They've had six seasons now of this DC Television Universe. These four episodes as one... Might be my favorite episode of everything they've done the past six years. It is so good. It is everything. It says everything great about the DC Universe. But we're not going to talk about that now. Well, check it out. Um, whether you like this movie or hate yeah. this movie, go check it out. So, yeah. So, my first ever comic book was World's Finest, number four, from July 1999, which uh, was a Superman-Batman comic. And we're not going to go into a whole big thing about it, but um, what were your thoughts on, just real quick, previous thoughts on previous DCEU movies? And because it's not 100, because it's what kicked off this era, throwing the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay, uh, the the Dark Knight trilogy, my initial, like, I, um, Batman Begins, like, invigorated bat the the love of in batman being my favorite superhero like it, it was just it came at just the right time for me and then the dark knight came and just like stomped on that one in my opinion and it is my favorite superhero movie of all time so that's those and the dark knight rises i uh kind of it's just been a, a steady decline in how much <laughs> i like it um and just like looking back and going that was really stupid wasn't it <laughs> um so that's that but at the time it came out I, I it took a while to get there um <clears throat> and then uh i've seen basically almost every single dc movie after that much much later than it came out except perhaps man of steel which i have vague memory of seeing at the time but um uh so with the with the Zack Snyder films, uh, I was I'm more on the side that I just really don't think it, it it's it was being that the superhero genre is quite being looked at the right way in my opinion. That especially with Man of Steel, where it's just way too serious to me, and it, it's just it's like boringly serious, like the put me to sleep kind of serious that makes me not like dramas and um uh then except batman man of superman. steel batman versus superman to me edges on that but it has it's like it's like two-thirds a good movie to me like it's it's like a good movie and then there's it's there's also boring parts 
But that's kind of the gist of what I think about the style in newer DC movies is too serious. Um, not like you're watching a fun comic book or something where I think that, that Marvel excels in, in cinematically anyway, excels at that a bit better. Um, and then, uh, oh, to bring this up. Yeah. Well, the Dark Knight is serious. I still would say it's a fun movie. Unlike Man of Steel or Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight was serious done very, very well. Like, it's not the seriousness that makes it boring. But you still have fun watching it. It's not like Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's that I I think that um, seriousness, where it's like almost unearned seriousness is what makes it feel boring to me. But uh, I did overall, in like, I would give Batman vs. Superman, like, overall, like, above average, i.e. positive rating. Um so I'm, that isn't a, a negative review of it. It's just kind of the the area where I don't really like it. And then I, even though I haven't seen all of it, I kind of think that Suicide Squad is kind of a straight up badly done movie. Like in all the ways that you can badly do a movie, like in terms of like pacing and editing, and some in some ways cinematography. So that that's an iffy one to me. Wonder Woman is in like top five best superhero movies to me so that brought it back a lot and that brings us to present yes doesn't it all right so i'll just say um love batman begins um was so happy we got a new batman movie and i thought it was great dark knight um wasn't classic batman yet he's still figuring it out but if you know batman versus the joker plus two-face i mean it's everything you could want um, Dark Knight Rises, what a steam pile of crap that movie is. <laughs> um, everything <coughs> wrong is, in my opinion, the worst comic book movie ever made. It is so badly done. Um, it's, I think it's an unwatchable mess. It is that terrible. Man of Steel, um, I went in so pessimistic and it was still disappointed. <laughs> um, I love Superman. I think that a proper Superman origin movie would have been the 2010s version of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. I think it would have been so big. But they decided to Nolanize it to the point where it stopped being the character, just like how Rise's Batman stopped being the character. And Batman vs. Superman, um, ironically, I was like the one person who, when they announced it, was so anti-it, and then I I was like one of the few people who liked it. (laughs) So it's poetic in a way. Yeah. So, um, I didn't go in thinking of it as a crossover, because one of the things I was excited about for The Dark Knight Rises is how it was going to adapt The Dark Knight Returns, kind of like how Batman Begins is based on Batman Year One, yeah, and The Dark Knight is based on The Long Halloween and The Killing Joke. And The Dark Knight Rises was such an awful mess, and I felt cheated. Like, like I said earlier, when you have a bad movie that completely betrays the character, and I felt it... I separate them in my mind now, but I did feel like it ruined the trilogy and is a stain on was a stain on the character. But um, when I heard they were going to adapt it again, I felt I felt it as a do over. So I went in more concerned about the Dark Knight Returns than I was about Batman Superman team up because I knew Justice League was going to come out the next year. So I viewed the movie as a Batman movie. 
with uh, some Superman scenes that are not very good. So I felt like it did a better job staying true to what uh, Batman, to what the Dark Knight Returns was. And also, I kind of felt like I've had, I had basically the perfect Batman-Superman team-up thing done twice. I had it in the AMA cartoons, and I felt like they did it perfectly in uh, in the first DC Television Universe crossover, Flash versus Arrow. And I felt like, after watching that, I'm just like, well, you did it, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Suicide Squad, uh, I, I liked it. Um, I was really happy with Batman, because it felt like the classic Batman. Um, hated the Joker. I felt like they kind of lost who the Joker was, uh, trying to make him, like, just a gangster. That's not who the Joker is. Wonder Woman, I thought, was great. So great that it made me sad a little, like, man, this is what they should have done with Superman. And <laughs> it was just unfortunate. Yeah. So, um, what were your thoughts before going to the movie? Like, um, <clears throat> to Justice League. Well, I went a bit later than you, and I was living in the world where it, it, it really was not performing well and had terrible reviews. Um, and I had actually even read and listened to some of the, some reviews and I did not hear a good one. Like I, I <laughs> did not hear a good review of it. So the thing though, is I still was like w- watching trailers and <clears throat> ju- um, trailers with many scenes that aren't in there. Yeah. And I was just like, it seems like, like I think, I think it was, I didn't think it was, Oh, I'm going to go see bad, bad movie. I was thinking that I still might like it anyway. Um, so that's kind of what I went and think. Um, and I, you know, yeah. So yeah, um, here are my thoughts before going into the movie. Um, I liked Batman versus Superman, unlike most people. Um, I liked it. But, you know, I was I cared more about Dark Knight Returns. So I liked Batman versus Superman, but... We knew this was not going... We knew that the fact that they were doing it right after BVS had hit... Remember, they started filming two weeks after BVS came out. So it was not going to be a fun shoot for them. Um, And we knew about the stuff behind the scenes. Like, you'd have to be naive to know that Warner Brothers did not want Zack Snyder to direct this movie. But they were too far into production that... to To keep it on schedule... And to, um, it will cost too much money to get a new director. So they had to go through with Zack Snyder. And then, you know, Zack had the worst thing that could ever happen to a person happen. So then Joss Whedon had to take over after to, uh, direct the reshoots and do the post-production. Then we heard that the reshoots are going way longer than Warner Brothers had initially planned. So long that now Justice League is the third most expensive movie ever made. (laughs) And so, (laughs) I was catching up on the movies, watching Batman vs. Superman, and watching it, having a good time, um, unlike most people. (laughs) (laughs) And then, credits, and then I go on my phone and it says, Warner Brothers is not going to release the Rotten Tomatoes score for Justice League. The movie... Probably the a movie 
no movie I don't think has ever relied on Rotten Tomatoes score as much as Justice League. Yeah. Um, they weren't going to release it until Thursday morning at like 2 a.m., which would have been about like 11 p.m. in Los Angeles. Yeah. So that's not a good sign. Yeah. And they were going to... They said it was to advertise for this stupid review show that Ryan Tomatoes did. And that's where I watched it. And, oh, my God, it was horrible. Like, <laughs> I can confidently say I like our show better. <laughs> I mean, that's so much. It's so bad. And they're not funny. They're not, it's not good. Um, Yes. So, Rotten Tomatoes score, I give you a bad review. <laughs> give you a rotten. Oh, yes. See, that's more clever than anything they said in the show. <laughs> That's why you get paid the zero bucks. Get paid the invisible bucks. <laughs> so, um, saw it, but then went to RottenTomatoes.com, and the score was still not there Thursday morning. Now, remember, movies now basically release Thursday at 6. So, Thursday morning, they don't have the score up. Yeah. Then I check at noon, and the score is finally up, and it's 42%. Which means less than half. Yeah. But I was just like, you know what? No one liked Batman versus Superman, so let's have some fun with this. So, and now we'll say, um, going to our review, and as usual, lately, absolutely, we will go flip our precious penny. Now, for those of you who have never, ever listened to one of our shows, and are wondering, why am I wasting my time with this? Well, that's your problem. <laughs> um, you are always tails. I always pick tails. All right, so now we shall flip the coin and see what happens. Okay. Oh, you get to go first <laughs> in both go. episodes. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, we can make sure you go. go first in Star Wars Last Jedi. You can get the first of the... Um, <laughs> I find your lack of dis of disgust disturbing. Yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, and we'll here's how we'll go. We'll go every other, and I have mine divided into what I liked and why I think I think didn't work. All right, you don't though. You have uh, yours in a little bit I random think, order. I think I think this one's a little more like good and then neg negative towards the end. Oh, but. here's something I do have though. I do have my first, my first five point, first six points are all about the individual characters. If we want to start by going through each character, we first. can just do that whole thing. First. All right. So first, of course, so it'd be my favorite Batman. <laughs> so for this movie, it felt like for the first time in twenty years we had the classic Batman in a movie, which for me was like um, real exciting to see because you gotta remember. And Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, it's about a young Bruce Wayne figuring out how to be Batman. And it didn't feel, feel like he became Batman until Rachel died. Dark Knight Rises was a terrible mistake, and is nothing. there's no part of that movie that is Batman except for uh, the suit. Which looked really cheap in that movie. Just saying. <laughs> there's a scene where he turns his head and, like, it's, 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 it looked real cheap in the daylight. <laughs> we'll just say that. So, Batman vs. Superman was clearly the Dark Knight Returns version and was about the, and becoming the guy he once was. So, and then he became the classic Batman after he went to save Superman's mom. Yeah. Notice how I didn't say Martha. Well, <laughs> I was about to say Martha. <laughs> so, uh, you stopped me, but... Um, um, 
because I would have asked you why you said that. <laughs> so it felt like this was a confident Batman who knew what he was doing. And once again, Ben Affleck showed that he is one of the best actors to ever play Batman. He's my third favorite overall behind Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer. And um, one of the ways I test it to see how a person plays Batman is how do you play Batman when you're not in the suit? That, that's my test. Yeah. And mm. Keaton and Kilmer <clears throat> passed it. Um, Adam West didn't really, couldn't really do the test because most of the time he was in the suit. Yeah. So, um, I will say he's the best Bruce Wayne we've ever had. Adam, you watch those 60, 60 shows, my God, that is like Bruce Wayne. That is perfect. <laughs> so, it felt like the only time he played Bruce Wayne was when he went to the fish town to see Aquaman. Yeah. And... Look, we all know, don't be in denial, guys. We all know this is Ben Affleck's last time being Batman. And it felt like a perfect way to end Bat his run as Batman was having him... Having Commissioner Gordon let the bat signal and Batman going to go save Gotham. And honestly, that's how I thought The Dark Knight Rises was going to end. And, well, it didn't. <laughs> it um, ended a little differently. It ended in one of the worst ways possible. <laughs> So, um, thoughts on first Batman and then Ben Affleck's performance? Um, thoughts on Batman? Uh, he's a bat guy. Yes. <laughs> but besides that, I thought, um, his, he was definitely the most Batman I think he's been in this stretch of films. Uh... And Ben Affleck's performance, I've also expressed, is one of my favorite Batman performances as well. And I, I, I'd like to see. I wish he were coming back for more. I wish too. <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. Um. So yeah, and uh, now that you mention it, uh, he he does do good at being a Bruce Wayne as well as as batman it, it feels like uh one in the same character it's it's well acted i don't i don't have much um i i this is kind of a side point though my my critique in this movie with how batman was done was towards the end where he felt like he was just their pilot that it, like he just kind of flew them yeah i can i i don't want to start a rumor all right is it maybe because ben didn't want to do the reshoots uh, it's hard. It, I would. I want to watch it again and try and look for where it might seem like reshoots versus not. Um, because that's kind of something I maybe thought. Like it just. I did. I did feel like man. Did he not? Did he really not want to come back that much? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess we'll move on to a character that they that we were all shocked showed up. <gasps> not really. Yes. <laughs> Superman. And... He showed up? Oh! I'm still shocked. <laughs> you were just like, was it? It was such a quick scene. It was like you had to pause it, and it was a little blur, and you just yeah. like, I, I thought it was a bird. Maybe it was a plane. I don't know for yeah. sure. So, um, as I've said, I, I'm a big Superman fan. Superman's my second favorite superhero, and I haven't liked this version of Superman at all. Despite how I like Batman versus Superman a lot. I felt, uh, super, well, Lex Luthor was the weakest point. But Superman was, I felt, uh, the Superman stuff was the weakest stuff. And it felt like this time, they finally got right. And I liked how, in the opening, 
the opening scene in the movie where you see uh, the kids filming him with for their podcast, I liked how they went out of the way to contradict the previous Superman movies, where instead yeah. of being mopey, it's just like, it was a way to show, like, hey, I've been Superman the whole time, guys. Wink, wink. <laughs> so um, I liked how they did that. And it felt like it was allowed to be a real character when he had more emotions than just, I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> Superman was never real. <laughs> and um, there was a lot more Superman that I thought there would be. Because I remember I said he was going to have, I felt he had like the Hulk role. And so I felt like they, if, I felt like they made up for kind of having Superman gone. Mm-hmm. But I thought they had a really great amount of Superman. And having the John Williams scene was very special because in the scene where he goes to fight Steppenwolf for the first... Steppenwolf, hearing that theme a little bit kind of symbolized, like, Superman's back. Not just, like, the character's back from the dead, but, like, Superman, the character that we... You grew up with, Christopher Reeve or Smallville or George Reeves, is back. Yeah. And so that was exciting. Um, I do kind of wonder, because I know that the TV shows... I know Supergirl affected Wonder Woman, where I heard that because they were Supergirl was successful, made them more confident in Wonder Woman, showed how to advertise the movie. I feel like maybe having Superman done perfectly on Supergirl kind of maybe influence this version of Superman. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. But, um, and honestly, I've not been a fan of Henry Cavill's performance, and I'll just be honest, of the six, yeah, six leaguers, I felt he his performance was the weakest, but I still say it's yeah. by far his best as Superman. Yeah. For, I was, yeah, I'm, my take was exactly the same thing, is that he was my least favorite of the Justice League in this movie. Or characters and actors um, both. As performance and kind of how it was done as a character. Because I, don't, I don't know if you had more to say, but I only have a quick... Uh, for my thoughts on the Superman in this, I also think he was done as a character and everything better than he ever has been done before. I loved how they finally got to a place where it was like he was comic book Superman. He's lifting the building. Like it it felt like he was finally being Superman. He laughed, but it felt like he was just getting there. And the, the the thing is now it's all dead. And so they (laughs) did, they didn't get a chance to get there. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of the shame about it is that I didn't feel like it totally got there yet. It was getting there and it was like refreshing that, Oh, it's it's starting to be Superman, but now it's over. (laughs) It's gone. But yeah, that's that's all I had to say about all right. Superman. So the next one we'll talk about is Wonder Woman. We had two movies of Wonder Woman last year. Um, <sighs> makes you think now, like, hey, next Batman, like, come on, man, let's make sure we can get two this year. But um, after seeing Wonder Woman, it was cool to have like more context of the for the character. Yeah. Like uh, one a scene that really stands out to me is when. Diana is kind of telling Bruce to move on about how he f- feels like he might kill Superman. Yeah. And then he goes, did Steve Trevor tell you that? And you just, you're just like, oh boy. And then, yeah, that felt very much like a Justice League, the AMA series moment. And after seeing her in World War One, it was 
cool to see how she is now in modern times. Like, what has she had to go through? And also, this Wonder Woman compared to the first movie, obviously felt like a more confident Wonder Woman. Like, she's not just starting out. She knows what she's doing. She, yeah. And she works great with Batman as, you know, the two leaders of the Justice League. And once again, Gal Gadot gave a great performance as Wonder Woman. And hopefully it's not the last time. Yeah. She is I Wonder really, Woman. I hope that more than, than anything here. Um, so, uh, I'm really not trying to just be the critic here because I also <laughs> loved the movie. Um, I, I did, I felt like, uh, Gal Gadot's performance as Wonder Woman was like the best, like one of the best performances in here, but I almost felt like the writing and, uh, the scene choices around her, like, weren't as strong as in Wonder Woman. Like, they didn't utilize her as a character the best, except for that, uh, like, heroic scene with the blocking bullets thing. Like, that was cool. Um, I feel like she didn't have as much screen time. Uh, like, it almost felt like, like, just as kind of like a quick, quick nitpick, I thought probably the the dumbest comedy uh, segment to me was when, like, Flash accidentally fell on her. To me, that oh, was like, yeah. to me, that was like, I don't know, it just feels like sort of con- contrary to to Wonder Woman. I don't know, It's it was like weird to me like it almost like made me uncomfortable like it all it seems i don't want to go there but it like seems like touching the precipice of sexist but um so that that was like my only problems with how wonder woman was done here performance wise um and even script wise for the most part it was pretty phenomenal um and she's still like my my fit we'll get to it probably i think maybe next but my my favorite of the Justice League, uh, next to another one of the characters. So, all right. So just to make sure, uh, you weren't like she should have. You didn't feel like she got shortchanged in screen time. I think she could have had more screen time, but isn't that would be a well, nitpick as well? I but. feel like, yeah, Wonder Woman's success was a surprise to everyone, mm-hmm. including Warner Brothers. Yeah. So. I mean, you had to have Batman obviously be yeah. the lead. Yeah. So next character, um, we knew who. <laughs> I think you have a good guess of who the next character is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, the Flash. Now, the Flash. Um, this Flash had a very interesting kind of predicament because while we have we're introducing a new movie, Flash. There's a Flash on TV that people already love, and people were a little upset that they didn't bring him in. Now, obviously, thank God, because it would have sucked if uh, the TV shows got screwed up because of the movies. So, this version of The Flash felt very similar to the one from the Justice League animated series. And I thought the comedy worked really well for him. Um, He was like the comic relief in the movie. Yeah. Although, I will say, it works for a team-up, but I don't think you can do that in a solo movie. I think that wouldn't work. But, I mean... Even, like, when you had, like, they don't do it now because the Flash in the CW universe is kind of like their Superman. But in, like, the first Flash and Arrow crossover, he was allowed to be more comedic because um, he, you know, he had to balance between, like, the very dark green Arrow. So, um, they did a great job, I felt, introducing the Flash with his origin and his father being framed for the murder of his mother. For those who didn't watch the TV show... 
And I thought Ezra Miller was great in the role. Um, I'll be honest, I still do prefer Grant Gustin. But I still think that um, Ezra Miller was great. That's like me saying that uh, I think Val Kilmer is a great Batman, but I still prefer Michael Keaton. Like, they're, they're both great. I just personally prefer one over the other. So, um, thoughts on the Scarlet Speedster? Uh, yeah, the Flash was my other favorite, if not my favorite character done in this movie. Um, it, like, beside, like, beside, like, besides that one scene, the comedy, like, it just flat out worked when it was coming from him to me in almost, like, every scene that he was being a jokester. And, um, that isn't, just why I liked him. It also was like, well, and the, the, has there been a Flash that is quite like that? Like I almost like I like almost what? I see him differently, portrayed differently every other time that I've seen the Flash portrayed, because like he's like this sort of almost man-childy kind of guy, like where uh, like he's he's completely socially inept. Like uh, I think this. I mean, other, like, Barry Allen's have been more nerdy, but this was, like, the one who had, like, more trouble making friends. Yeah, and I I really liked that. I, I liked <laughs> them venturing into his crib, uh, and, uh... Him... Oh, did you ever see his... Do you remember his, his cameo in uh, Suicide Squad? No. No? All you... I remember is his very out-of-place cameo in Batman vs. Superman. Oh, you yes. mean the one that clearly added up to nothing in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> so, remember, you don't... It was a scene where Captain Boomerang was robbing the bank, and then the Flash comes in and says, oh, No, yeah, yeah. Honor Among Thieves, eh? Yeah, yeah. I, I did see that. Yes. Flash and Batman were my favorite of that movie. So, is that all to say about yeah, the, the Flash? Yeah, I, I, loved, I loved the Flash. All right, so um, we'll talk about Aquaman next. And with Aquaman, I felt they did a good job of showing that he's not just a guy who talks fish, although they did make fun of that um, a lot. And while they do have to save some stuff for the solo movie, which I'm assuming will be a prequel, because I think it'd be a little hard to kind of jump back and forth between his... What were they talking about in the bubble? Wasn't it, I, was, I was wondering if that was a setup to a, to a sequel. Well, well, about like his mom and stuff? Yeah. Well, um, I can tell you. I, okay, I'll just say it. it felt like he did a good job of his backstory about how he's supposed to be the king of Atlantis and how he feels his mother abandoned him. So in the in the comics, a spoiler alert for a story that's seventy years old, <laughs> seventy five. So Arthur Curry, um, that's Aquaman's name. His dad was a lighthouse keeper, and he fell in love with this woman from Atlantis. And then because of royal duties, she had to go back to Atlantis. And he was raised by his dad. So it shows that he feels like his mom abandoned him. And then, like, after his dad dies, he's um, approached by people from Atlantis saying that his evil stepbrother has taken over Atlantis. And he is supposed to be the rightful king to bring peace back to Atlantis. I see. So that that was really cool to see. So that's basically Aquaman. And then, um, spoiler, the girl he talked to, Mira, will eventually be his wife. All right, all right, all right. Um, so, <clears throat> I thought that, like, first of all, I just think the character design of Aquaman is maybe the best it's ever been done, in my opinion. <laughs> just like I just think he's he seems cooler. There's no, it's the only way I can put it is in a just kind of shallow observational way. 
It's pretty similar to what they had in the Justice League animated series from the 2000s. I've been meaning to start checking those out because uh, they're there. They're there at the library workout just for free, and I can just I can just <laughs> snatch all of them. Um, so um, I thought he was well done, but he was you know it, it's hard for him to be a standout because I don't think he was a, an enormous part of this movie. Yeah. But it, he was definitely. Uh, it felt almost like. Well. If we don't count Superman, Superman obviously had like a big role, but it yeah. felt kind of like the three leads were Batman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the ones who've had success. <coughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it felt like he was an additional Justice League member rather than one of the main ones right now. So it was hard to. It's hard for me to really have much more to say other than that. I really like his performance. I like this Aquaman. All right, now we'll move on to the final. Oh, well, we still have supporting characters. So, Cyborg. Um, had a very interesting story about how he has issues with his father and was worried about how he was more machine than man. Yeah. And I was happy that when Diana looked him up on the back computer, they used a different scene instead of that horrible one from Batman vs. Superman where he almost looked... Like, I'm sorry, man. Uh, you look at that. He, he should be dead. He shouldn't be alive yeah. if he's just, like, a head and a little bit... Yeah. <laughs> my, like, this guy's dead. Like, pull the plug. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you have a little more, you have more nostalgia probably for Cyborg than I have. Yeah. So, thoughts so, on yeah. Cyborg. Um, so, um, I guess I almost, like, because of the way I've used Cyborg in the past, uh, I, and I almost, like, he was a little bit shockingly serious to me because, of, you know, he's like, well, every character in the Teen Titans show is a goofball, but um, uh, but I, I do understand that they already have a comic relief character <laughs> in The Flash, so they couldn't have Cyborg be the same personality. Um, he also felt like an additional character. He had a bit of a more interesting backstory than Aquaman did in this, in this case, I suppose. Uh, granted, Aquaman's going to have a whole movie. Um, but he, he, it was, it was a little uninteresting to me, the way it was done, just a little. I overall liked it, but it's, it's not a standout to me either. Um, I just liked there, it was, it was fan service, but it does get people like me, the the little booyah at the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So finally we'll do supporting kids before we go back and forth. So um, we'll just talk about two of them. Alfred, I love the way Jeremy Irons portrays Alfred. Once again, Alfred was, it felt like he was good comic relief, but also being someone who looks out for Bruce. And um, I think Irons and Affleck work so great together on screen. And the other one we'll talk about is Lois Lane. And despite how much I hate Man Steel, I think that movie did a great job of adapting Lois Lane. That was like one of the few positives I felt about that movie. And I thought Amy Adams did a really good job portraying Lois. And they did a good job of showing Lois grieving with Clark about Clark and about what life was like without uh, the guy she loved. And it felt like she and Martha were kind of like the heart of the movie. So, anything to say about Alfred and Lois? Uh, Alfred's great. I think he's he's fantastic. And like you said, he did good comic relief. Uh, he works really well off of Batman, um, and that's basically all I have to say. Um, Lois Lane, uh, I th- 
Amy Adams has got to be just one of the greatest actresses. So of course she has an amazing performance. I never really, I was, I've never really been a fan of the scripting in either Batman vs Superman and this with uh, Lois Lane. Uh, I'll probably uh, get into this more, but I had two moments that were my least favorite moments of the movies. Just kind of trying to nitpick like some critiques. Um, and I found this, the scene where they're in the office with, uh, Lois Lane and, um, Martha, uh, it could have been just cut out. Like, it felt, felt very weird to I me. felt like they kind of needed that to show that the world needs Superman, and so then his uh, yeah. return means I can, something I can more. see that, but I felt like it was, it, it was like, I felt like they should have written it better. Because there's also a very strange joke in it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was just, I was like, I wanted it to either be cut out or just somehow make that point differently. Yeah. And then there's, I'll get into the other one later, but there's, yeah, but, so it's more the performance and the, like, the characterization, I guess, and the importance of her in the story is great, but it's almost like the scripting is off to me. Like, it, it feels off to me. Um... Is that all the characters you went through? Yeah. Okay. So uh, that was that whole thing was your first. Yes. Way, right? So go ahead, and you can finally bring something to the Appa- table. Apparently, with both of these uh, dedicated movie episodes, since I was writing them immediately in my reaction, the first one is about the end of the movie. <laughs> so I, I wrote, and I actually mentioned this earlier that, uh, like, in much more previous podcasts, that it has, um a very unique and satisfying, I'd say, like, final climactic scene. Um, in a way that sort of it turns it turns on its head from a lot of other movies of this kind, where... Well, real quick, when you mean the final scene, are you talking about... The battle scene, the final like, okay. battle with against Steppenwolf. And in that, like, is it like a Russian city or yeah. something? Um, I found that whole sequence to kind of be... Uh, a flip on its head for, uh, for a lot of other movies of the style because a lot of movies like it like the f- it gets completely dead serious at the end batman vs superman did this uh, like it's just like everything's at stake the world could end and it gets so serious and it was actually pretty like uh it was kind of positive and there's still jokes being thrown around right up to the end and like once they won like uh what cyborg and superman were just laughing it was just like a whole good time at the end and i and that during that climactic scene was when uh superman was carrying the uh the building which was very comic booky to me and i like to see and that flash was kind of being a little competitive with him so that whole thing was just i was very happy to see that uh in a movie that it and it also made me leave the movie feeling very positive about it because it really followed through at the end to me. So yeah, I said a lot of good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really know what else to say about yeah. it. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say. All Let's... right. So next, um, something I normally don't talk about, but I'll talk about the music of the movie. So Danny Elfman was brought in to score the film. Replacing Junkie XL. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna name my kid that one day. <laughs> um, so he brought back his Batman theme from the Tim Burton movies, and he also brought back the John Williams theme, which I feel like is a, was important 
<laughs> for the film after kind of the reaction Batman versus Superman. And it showed, I mean, when you look at the previous movies, Man of Steel did a horrible job of adapting Superman. Like, besides the suit and flying, how was that Superman? And also, even though I like Batman versus Superman, and I was so happy that we got a do-over with the Dark Knight Returns, I do think it was a mistake to start your new new Batman, even though copies of the Nolan style. To start a new Batman with uh, with the Dark Knight Returns version versus... Um, I feel like instead of doing the Dark Knight Rises, they should have done um, a Ben Affleck solo Batman movie first to kind of show us who this character is, then it's Dark Knight Returns and you see him become the classic version again versus starting out with the guy who's been through a lot and is becoming the guy he once was, even though we haven't seen that guy, so I can understand why a lot of casual moviegoers would be like, wow, this Batman, he's really dark. <laughs> so um, I think they should have done... Uh, a solo Batman movie, or said that the first two Nolan Batman movies were canon, to give a little bit of context. So, um, I felt like having those songs kind of showed you, like, okay, these are reboot versions, but this is still, these are still the characters, like with Superman, this is still the character George Reeves played, and Christopher Reeve, and Tom Mullion, and Batman's Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer. And hearing the Batman theme made me feel like I was four years old again. Uh, just because I've watched that movie so many times. And I remember before Batman Begins, that was a theme you heard everywhere. That was in the toy commercials. Even in like the movies that don't have it in the movies at all. They have put in the trailers. Yeah. So um, I liked how for the Wonder Woman theme, they changed it from the electric guitar to one that matched the other songs better. Like for a Wonder Woman movie, if we ever get another one, uh, you can go back to the electric guitar, but what felt off having that compared to like the other themes in the movie and i felt like elfman's theme did a better job of showing emotion than i felt previous dc movies like hans zimmer or junkie xl did specifically with um that moment where we see martha finding clark alive at the farm so uh, any thoughts on the music uh yeah, music is uh, it can can be very can can do that like everything you said and be very important in music and I or be very important in movies and I uh, I wonder if it's I feel as though it's being uh, taken a little for granted and just having throwing miscellaneous cinematic score into things so reusing these things to uh, cue nostalgia is is, is I, I think it's I think it's great I don't have exactly the exact same reactive response as you where i hear it and it's instantly like this like spark where i'm like that's it <laughs> so i have to sometimes go oh oh it's plant like i have to it takes me a second but yeah i liked that they used a lot of the old themes because that's that's an important thing it's like those themes exist for a reason they're written for a reason and i think uh like star wars is incredible at that they use the same yes. music all the time so, like, it, as soon as a thing happens, like, a Force-type thing happens, the Force theme plays. Yeah. Always. Like, so, and it's it's a cue in your brain. It's, um, it's very important. So, it's great that they finally did that again. So, maybe I should save this for the end when we talk about what's coming up next, but do you think they should bring back the themes again for the reboot? Um, I mean, 
Yes, I think they should. I think uh, I like hearing different takes on themes. Like they could do it in a new way that fits the style of the movie, of course. But yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, all right. So, ooh, my next one is an, is is just another little nitpick. I see. Um, this this is one of the movies that falls into the category of the nitpick I have sometimes of the stakes are getting so high in superhero movies. They're just... it, And since we talked about uh, Spider-Man Homecoming in the last episode, I'll use that as the counterexample. The stakes weren't that high in it. Like, they were, potentially. Like, the power could get into the wrong hands, but it was like a neighborhood problem overall. Um, whereas, this is the end of everything. Everything's on the line here. And... Um, I almost feel like that kind of uh, raising, like, it has to be more and more high stakes where it's the the world or the universe is at stake. Um, it's almost like at some point you got to, like, cut the stakes back so it doesn't, uh, it's like it's leaving less room for the <laughs> net, for new movies to have, like, epic stuff happen but um and you can also do smaller stakes and still make it feel like big stakes but um i do I, my counterpoint to myself would be though it's a justice league movie yes not like a batman movie where he would just be dealing with some problem in gotham of a madman who's in gotham so i can see how uh enormous stakes would be necessary when you're dealing like you need to get all the heroes together because of the enormous stakes but it almost like the way they chose to do it it, it kind of left some here like mainly it made it kind of made batman feel a little more like less useful uh but again that could have just been because he wasn't thrown in i kind of feel like yeah. that's probably what happened <laughs> yeah like the more we talk about the more i think that yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like with a Just League movie, you need something big to kind of bring them together, especially if you're going to get someone, like, as Batman, just like, oh, man, well, I guess I can't be alone on this one, and Robin's busy doing something else. So <laughs> I felt like you kind of needed that, because um, otherwise, you know, one of them could have just done it quickly and and yeah. it'd been over. Yeah. So you kind of needed something, um, yeah. Um, I mean, I could uh, throw in this next. The next point is like the same thing, so I should just like the plot was kind of convoluted. Like it, it, it's they had to explain the plot so much because it's like I feel like it's it would be better to make. A, a plot that you don't have to explain so much and that's another problem with such high stakes things is that sometimes the plot can be just overly complicated and i think this fell into that category a, a lot and it, it's also just kind of weird to me like boxes like well the hat can't be maybe like, it's because i'm a comic book fan so i was able to connect it easier than like but i i, I felt it was explained well but obviously a lot of people didn't so I mean, I got it. Like my first, maybe my if they watch, had but... like a longer runtime, they could have explained it better. Yeah, but I think a lot. Of, there were a lot of problems that clearly something kind of fell through. Like it's there's an it's an unfortunate thing that kind of happened to the movie where 
there was a confusing production, so some things kind of got confusing in the yeah. final result, which is unfortunate. But to be fair, <coughs> as far as I know, most people, even hardcore convicts, don't understand the mother boxes. Yeah. It's just, all you need to know is that put, combined together, it'll turn the Earth into apocalypse. Yeah. And th- that's where I want to bring up, I-, I said, like, I thought the two dumbest moments in the movie, I said th- that one scene earlier. The other one that I just thought was like, I actually, I wrote it later. Um, I usually don't nitpick plot points, but um, there was the there was two major sequences for him getting the first two mother boxes, where there was a whole scene, him getting the mother box, or, uh, and then the third one, the it was whoops he got it, like it was just a beam, and they looked and then they were like he got the. He got the third mother box. I think that maybe I, it was done to kind of show like their first time the Justice League failed. Yeah, yeah, but it was, it, I, I, yeah, I get it. It was confusing to me. It, that was the most jarring, confusing thing watching it because I was like, "What happened? Oh, so he just he just got it? Like I feel like they should have. Sh- it was almost like an editing issue as well because they should have shown they should have like shown him getting it or something. Like they should have gone like. I think they did once, like, the, it was on the car or something. So they did an establishing shot with the mother box on the car. I felt like they probably should have done a little bit more establishing of where, like, make the location a little more clear of where the mother box is, that the Justice League isn't paying attention to it, and um, more clear that Steppenwolf got there and took it while they weren't looking. But for some reason, that was really confusing the first time I saw it. And it's also like, their failing was just not paying attention to an incredibly important item. It seems Well, they're having parademons and all that. That, Yeah, that's not a little problem. That's (laughs) not a little problem. I'll give you that. (laughs) I mean, I've never fought a parademon, but it does not look easy. It wasn't like, it's not... immersion breaking terrible uh but it was just like if i had to pick like two things that i thought were the worst written like they could have done better it was how that third box was gotten and the way it was done just uh and uh how and the point of the uh lois and martha talking scene uh they could have gotten that across in a way that was better than that scene to me i think that's most of the negative I had for the movie, honestly. So I guess they were at the front of my list. Uh, yeah, so the, I basically combined those uh, into, I guess, plot was that one. So you can move on to your uh, your point. All right. So um, one of the things I really liked about this movie is how they had the characters be different from each from one another. So, one of the biggest problems with this Superman in the other two movies was how they tried to nullize him to where he stopped being true to who Superman is. It made it so that when they crossed Batman and Superman over, all you had was two brooding, unhappy characters. And this film, it felt like it had the characters stay more true to the comic book versions. It had them different from one another. And it made it more fun to see the characters interact just like the Justice League animated series or the CW DC TV shows. And um, one, like, whenever, whatever happens next, reboot, um, <laughs> I think they shouldn't worry about having the characters be 
they shouldn't worry about this is our tone for our universe. Because unlike Marvel, you know, Marvel had Stan Lee write all the books when <coughs> the Marvel Universe was being created. Yeah. But DC had so many different writers and artists create their universe. And when you look at the CW universe, the Flash and Arrow have such different... They're yeah. such different type of shows, but um, they just put them together, and that's what makes the crossovers so much fun is how different the characters are. So, yeah, I really liked how the characters were different from one another. It, it did yeah. feel... To me, the characters interacting was like the highlight of the movie. It was kind of seen like the Justice League cartoon... You know, their interactions put up in live action. So, any thoughts on the interactions? Uh, and how they were different from one another? Yeah, they 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 did a good job of the, the vastly different. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing was that Superman wasn't in it that much, so, um, or interacting with them that much, so they. The problem of Batman vs Superman of being, them being a little too similar uh, wasn't there, um, but the characters that were there, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's good that they didn't go with the, uh, you know, everything needs to be like Batman this sort. Yeah. Of, um, yeah. Although I, that was kind of my slight feeling as, as I was saying earlier with Cyborg that I was kind of like, is that worth? kind of doing with this but i get it i get it um it's but wonder woman the flash batman de definitely those three because to me those are, yeah, are the best those three stood out to me too yeah, they're, they're three different yeah uh was that that your yeah that point? was okay. my point and oh yeah and i actually had um a point i was going to skip that's kind of near the same thing which is that i like that it's a more uh, a more positive superhero movie uh in the grand scope of it uh unlike the the tone that they insisted on setting for the other dc movies kind of like that i, I had that as one um uh yeah i feel i feel like this movie is a oh another <laughs> another not necessarily positive one i feel like this movie is a prime example of something that needs a director's cut or a longer version if it's even there um because you know, just so you know just to remind us once we're done with the re our review section before we talk about what net what's next we're going to talk about because it's such a big topic is the Zack snyder cut Oh, oh, okay. So there, there is a confirmed cut of it. Oh, well, oh, we'll oh I remember. I, I remember. I remember it actually. I re okay. I remember this controversy happening. Okay. So, um, because yeah, there was there was a rushed feeling at times, perhaps a little awkward editing. Um, well, and more establishing shots. As did I was you saying. hear about? There was this article going around. I don't know if it's true. A lot of people think it is, but. It's about this. It's from the guy talking to Warner Brothers inside sources about the production of Justice League. About how, look, you know, starting with um, what happened, starting from Man of Steel to Justice League, and one of the things that that when Joss Whedon took over, one of the things they were insistent on was a two-hour runtime. That was like a that was like one of the big things they said was 
two hours because apparently, remember when Snyder did Batman vs Superman and put together the cut he wanted, it was three hours, and yeah. you, you can't really do that. So they were insisting on two hours. So yeah, I mean, I actually I see now that I do have a bit more on that I apparently knew when I wrote this more about uh that whole thing, but um. All right, yeah. so we knew that, and this movie had such a troubled production from the beginning um, to the point to where they were inviting reporters right after they started filming to show that things were going to be different from Batman vs. Superman. And unfortunately, um, Zack Snyder had to leave because of what happened with his family. And Joss Whedon uh, took over post-production and direct the reshoots. And we know that the reshoots ended up being a lot longer than originally planned. Yeah. And I felt that when you watch the movie, it felt like the film played to the strengths of both directors, with Snyder with visuals and action, yeah, and Whedon with humor and character moments. And one scene probably... And, like, there were some scenes where... I mean, it, not a lot where I felt like, oh, this is clearly Zack Snyder, or this is clearly Joss Whedon, but uh, some scenes I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's you, Zack. It was something <laughs> like, yeah, there you go, Joss. It almost felt like um, the final battle kind of cut in between them where you saw, like, the visuals of Zack, and then they would cut to a line that Joss would have done between, yeah. like, um, I'm not the one who brought Pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I, this was a such a controversial time what are your thoughts on the having two directors for this it's, it's movie? funny how this is happening the point i was gonna say next <laughs> i think a lot of people might dislike the clear joss whedon tone at moments but i i must have liked that tone better than than previous snyder films um i i prefer the uh jokey superhero movie style that you might often see in a marvel movie uh uh, I think Joss Whedon seemed added a lot to it to me. So I think yeah, it seems like I'm guessing these people are probably like Zack Snyder super fans or something like that. I don't I don't totally know the demographic that I see this from, but there are a lot of people who are like uh, seem angry that Joss Whedon was involved and yeah. want that Zack Snyder cut because it wouldn't have that 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 comedic filth touching it. Although I but, will say that even before. Even when Zach was filming it, from the you know the the stuff you can read, apparently they were telling Zach to add more humor. So it wasn't gonna like I did finally watch Watchmen for the first time, uh, the extended cut. And when you compare it to Batman vs Superman, clearly Batman vs Superman feels like a Zack Snyder movie. I mean I've only seen four Zack Snyder movies, so but from what I can gather, like that feels like a very Zack <clears throat> Snyder movie. Versus, um, the film was supposed to not be a Zack Snyder movie, even though they decided to kind of screw themselves by having Justice League production two weeks after Justice League, uh, two weeks after BBS with the same director, but with before figuring out how the public would react to it. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Um, so yeah, I yeah I was talking about how uh, I I I to me I don't know necessarily. Uh, I couldn't pick out just clearly 
oh, that's clearly Zack Snyder, that's clearly Joss Whedon. I didn't have necessarily that skill uh, as I was watching it or anything. Uh, I could see how people would think the tones clashed or would be uh, disappointed that it's, you know, not... You'd... I just... I don't necessarily... Because you'd have to really like Zack Snyder's style to be disappointed in how Justice League was done compared to it or the fact that he worked with another director. But um, I, I don't have much else to say about them both as being directors other than the fact that um, I guess I liked what Joss Whedon added to it. And I would probably have to know exactly what it is Zack Snyder did to judge if I like also liked those parts i think i'm just more familiar with what joss whedon would do as opposed to what Zack snyder would do that's all i that's my my point was the same thing so (laughs) so um i'll talk about the opening real quick um the batman opening scene was really cool and and it was a really good way of showing that this is the classic batman and um you know i'm pretty sure we're guessing now but (laughs) just as we said it was a little hard yeah i'm guessing it was I heard it was a Zack Snyder... That opening was a Zack Snyder scene. Yeah. So it had, yeah, like, really was... good visuals and action. And, um... He was... So the movie is based... Kind of like how we, I've been saying, Batman vs. Superman is based on Dark Knight Returns. This movie was based... Well, clearly inspired by the New 52's Justice League origin, which rebooted DC in 2011. And that was also the book that turned Cyborg into a Justice League member. So, it was very similar to the opening of the book where Batman's looking for a parademon. <coughs> and Wonder Woman's scene was very uh, cool, cool, you know, where she's stopping the hostage thing. And I think it was important to have action scenes at the beginning of the movie since one of my complaints about Batman vs. Superman is that it felt like they were saving all the action until, like, the second half of the movie. Yeah, right. So, um, and also I liked how um, they... The opening montage where this showed about Metropolis had kind of lost hope without Superman kind of showed, like, how important and special his return will be later in the movie. Yeah. So, uh, any thoughts about uh, the Batman, Wonder Woman, or uh, Superman opening scenes? Uh, the Batman opening scene was, like, the moment I liked the movie. And I was <laughs> just like, I couldn't be convinced that it wasn't good after that. It was just awesome. It didn't even necessarily have much to do with it. Well, later you find out that he's dealing with one of the things. But for a while it was like, I don't even care if that has nothing to do with the rest <laughs> of the movie. It was, it was just awesome just to see that happen. Um, the Wonder Woman one, pretty much the same thing. It, uh, it, it was just... Um, uh, it felt like a, it actually. It was. It surprisingly felt like Wonder Woman, like the movie Wonder Woman. Like it. It kind of felt like I was transported back into. That oh movie, yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, and then uh, so the Superman opening scene. Are you just kind of re- referring to the montage? Well, you or, see Metropolis and how they kind of like lost right. hope. Um, like even like there's crime going on, right? I guess I'm kind of lukewarm on it. It's a esta- it's establishing, like it's kind of, it's an opening. It's nothing to get excited about to me. I felt like so. it was building to why they needed Superman to come. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. I get it. I definitely get it. I, d- I don't have as strong of feelings about it, but yeah, that's 
That's what I have to say about it. Great openings for the characters. Yes. Um, my next point is actually similar to the what we were just talking about, but um, uh, it's more about... I was seeing a lot of criticism from people that they, like, kind of tarnished... Like, it doesn't feel like a, a trilogy because they completely tarnished... They ruined the tone. They didn't keep the tone consistent for the three movies. From Man of Steel to Batman vs. Superman to this, they, like, kind of, like, butchered the tone. Uh, and they, they wanted more consistent tone to uh, be carried throughout the entire trilogy, which I completely disagree with. Because... Um, it's not a good choice of tone, in my opinion. Uh, so they should change it. They shouldn't just keep a third movie this, the same tone just to keep it consistent. It doesn't make sense. But the other thing is this... I, I will say, yeah. before Batman vs. Superman was released, Chris Terrio did say that this was supposed to go kind of like the Star Wars trilogy route, where at the end... Be- it was supposed to end on a lighter note. That, that's what I was going to say, is that this is a Justice League movie. It's ending with Justice League coming together. It's going to be a more positive tone at the yeah. end. So that, that was exactly what I was going to basically get at, is that uh, we're, it's, it's a development in tone. It's not uh, a breach in tone, a failure to, to be consistent. Like, uh, it's going somewhere. It's getting more positive. And it ended on a positive note, so I I liked the tone of it a lot, um, and the com- the comedic relief added to it. Um, and of course, as we talked about earlier, the uh, the climax of the movie also added heavily to the tone. Uh, so y- yeah, I, I, d- I disagree with that critique. Basically, that I, I was after immediately after watching it, that I was seeing that critique a bit. I'll say I felt like. <laughs> this is such a different opinion from everyone else. I felt like the tone worked right for Justice League, and I felt that knowing that Batman vs. Superman was supposed to be Dark Knight Returns, I felt the tone worked right for that. Batman vs. Superman, I and mean, Superman's characterization was a problem. I mean, Dark Knight Returns is the darkest Batman story, so it, it should be, at least the Batman stuff should be the darkest. But I felt like it was the characters evolving, having character development, and look... What, even though I like Batman vs. Superman and most of the DC EU movies, if it doesn't work, don't keep doing it. Like, that's yeah, yeah. That's what that's exactly that's what I was saying. Is like why like people didn't like that. why would you keep the same tone like, and you can look at it separately uh, if need be. But uh, yeah. Um, so that that was my that was my point. So my point, uh, my next point, we'll, <coughs> um, I'll just say a little bit because uh, you kind of disproved it. Where I thought Steppenwolf had a pretty simple plan, I thought they did a job, a good job explaining it. Where it was uh, simple for non-comic book fans, but I mean, look, you know, I read these comics a lot, so I, I'm obviously even if they had like completely butchered it, I was I would be able to connect the dots myself so they did have green lantern when wonder woman why is that not why is it whatever um okay here's another point um man some of these are really randomly put together (laughs) um 
Oh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, as someone who's been wanting Robin to be in a Batman movie for so long, um, and crushed that we didn't get it in uh, The Dark Knight Rises, even more so, we got a little stupid Easter egg that shows that Robin doesn't exist. It doesn't matter because Batman just abandoned the city. Um, well, we still haven't gotten it. Batman mentoring Flash, the Flash, felt very dynamic duo. Yeah. Like, um, it was really cool to see Batman, uh, having, in a different role than we've seen him for the past, how long has it been, 13 years since kind of this current era of Batman, Batman Begins in 05. 13. So... You know, we've seen we got we got to see him in a different way than we have in a long, long time, kind of mentoring another character. And um, I liked how they had Commissioner Gordon in the film. That was uh, oh, I would yeah. like to have seen him in Batman vs Superman, but we didn't have him. Yeah, J.K. Simmons I thought was great in the role. It was another thing that um. That felt like classic Batman was having Batman with Commissioner Gordon. So thoughts on kind of like this um, more classic stuff about like Batman mentoring Flash and then Commissioner Gordon. Uh, yeah, I actually I wanted to add that like uh, when you mentioned uh, the Steph- Steppenwolf uh, uh, aspects to it, this is also a, a contrary to Spider-Man Homecoming where they went with the CGI villain, which with the story... They kind of had no choice, uh, so I get it. And I'm not as bothered by c- CGI as, m- as most people, but um, it is kind of... A, 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 it is another nitpick detractor to me that it's like... It doesn't feel like you're uh, uh, fighting a real thing. Like, I'm, I'm just seeing someone fighting against uh, a compu- uh, 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 an edit- someone in a room a drawing that and not drawing, but... It, it's like who that, framed Roger then, Rabbit? Yeah. <laughs> Please, Batman, don't hit me. <laughs> Where is Martha? <laughs> Please, Batman, she's hiding somewhere. <laughs> That's the little white rabbit Lex was talking about. Oh, <laughs> little white rabbit out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Mister Lex, they I didn't left, know where it was supposed left, to be. Oh, that didn't make the cut. Uh, oh, it's somewhere in that um, Zack Snyder cut. So, yeah. um. Yeah, anything about uh, Batman and Flash or Commissioner Gordon? Uh, I, Batman and Flash's chemistry was amazing. The, uh, I mean, a, a comedic scene I, I remembered uh, that is also, it's in a trailer, is the one where the Flash has to, like, take Batman aside and explain that, it, like, he doesn't do this stuff. That was another thing that felt very dynamic duo to me, of how Batman mentoring Flash, where Flash doesn't know what to do, mm-hmm. and Batman just, like, save one, and you'll yeah. know what to do. Yeah. That was... I, I love that uh, scene. Yeah, so that was one thing that I liked about it. Uh, Commissioner Gordon uh, wasn't in, in pretty incredibly done. It was just a shame that it was kind of just thrown in. Like, I mean, it just was, like, so short. It was... Um, well, we all thought we were going to have him in the Ben Affleck directed Batman movie. Yeah. But. Not to be. That's what we got. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my thoughts on those. So, uh, um. I, I'm, we're, I'm pretty close. Because, of course, you're going to have longer <laughs> lists than me on this one. It won't be like this with a Star Wars one. <laughs> um, I've already written my notes in. Uh. Um, oh, yeah, I just said, uh. I lost my place. Dang. 
Uh, oh yeah, this is kind of more my last point because the last the other last ones are ones we already went over <laughs> in, in yours or talked about before. Uh, uh, it was just that I, um, Cyborg didn't uh, leave me with much to think about. Uh, I found the story uh, compelling and all, and I understood his uh, uh, motivation. Uh, but he did feel like an additional character where I'd almost hoped he would feel more like a, a main addition. Not that they can have too many of those. Uh, but I loved uh, Cyborg and Superman's chemistry at the very end. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that, that was where it was really redeemed for me. It was, uh, uh, and I didn't expect to see that. The, uh, Superman and Cyborg uh, kind of teaming up at the very end there. Uh, yeah, that, and then I, I I wrote as I already said. He said "booyah," which is always <laughs> exciting. I, I I was just like, oh, Teen Titans fans are gonna be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I it was obviously a little fan service, which I where I was kind of like, ah, oh, like that was really my. I wasn't that excited, but I was like, <laughs> you weren't this like the one guy in the theater <laughs> who's like, oh my god, he said it, he said it, <laughs> booyah, cyborg. <laughs> Blasted off! Oh my god, so good! <laughs> my childhood is back! <laughs> oh, yes. So, um, I really don't have much to say on uh, Cyborg because, you know, I've only seen a little bit of the Teen Titans TV show. Yeah. But, um, once again, one of the things I really liked, it was great to have, see Batman have character development where... Last movie we saw that he thought Superman was Emmy, and now he sees that um, the world kind of needs Superman. And one of my favorite lines of the movie is when he tells Alfred that the team needs Superman because Clark is more human than him. That felt like very Justice League animated series to me. And um, so, did you have anything to say about that, or? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I don't have much input in that regard <laughs> because. So. Um, the Superman fight where he came back and fought all the Justice League members was cool to see. It was another moment from the Justice League origin comic, except, you know, in the origin comic, it's not he's brought back to life. It's just that they meet him and there's a misunderstanding. Kind of like every superhero team up, how they have to fight at first. And um, Superman asking Batman, do you bleed, was, that was awesome. It was a cool little yeah. callback. <laughs> and I will say, it was rumored that in the movie, the League was going to have to fight Superman, and how he was going to come back was Steppenwolf was going to bring him back, and he was going to be kind of like the leader of the Parademons, and the Justice League was going to have to stop him. And I'm happy it was only one scene instead of being dragged out throughout the whole movie. And I felt that having Lois be the one to snap Clark out of it, not only made sense for the story, she like obviously the most likely candidate, but it also, it, it felt... More because we've had we've seen the relationship over three movies, so you have that uh, context. So, anything to say about uh, the Superman fight? Uh, <clears throat> just the uh, yeah, it, like I said, that entire. Oh, are you, you you mean the the ending one or the the, the one the where one? he's yeah, back the middle, from the middle the one? Dead. Yeah. Okay, uh, that. Yeah, that came across to me as something that, like, I could see people thinking was really, like, an odd plot choice, <laughs> was bringing Superman back from the dead, like, but, um, I thought it was, I was, like, kind of, like, 
I found, I really thought that was a cool plot point, and um, yeah, I don't. I guess I don't have much to say about it. I I had a, a lot of fun in that scene. I find it, I found it just kind of amusing, almost. So um, yeah, you're all out points, right? Uh, pretty much. I, I the problem is that a lot of my points are always the same as yours, so <laughs> I, I I run out of stuff to say. So fast. okay, I only have one. Well, of the stuff I liked, and then I'll get into what I think didn't work. So, uh, we talked about, like, the ending of, the, of, like, the final fight. And I really liked how this movie, during the final montage, uh, wrapped everything up and didn't... Besides the post credit scene for a movie we'll never see, it didn't end on, like, a big cliffhanger. I think... Um, I've said this before. I think superhero movies should go the Star Wars route, where storyline begins and ends in a trilogy, and then starts a new one in another. Kind of like... Yeah. Um... I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it's just like, but you get it. Here's a trilogy. This is about young Batman, and then for Batman four, five, and six, it's about Batman. You can and Robin. have you can have sequels, but it has to end at a certain point. You have yes. to have a point. You have to yeah. have an arc. You can't just. It's have not it just dragged out. And then um, it felt like I felt it perfectly wrapped up Zack Snyder's trilogy, starting with Superman's origin and concluding with the dawn of the Justice League. See what I did there, guys. There you go. Fan service. Yes. Booyah. Oh, yes. (laughs) And, yeah, I liked how we saw how, even though I didn't like it, people were kind of worried about Superman, and then it ended with people kind of cheering for the Justice League. It felt like we'd had our whole arc. It was cool to see Bruce, Diane, and Alfred were going to turn the destroyed Wayne Manor, even though we never did find out how it was destroyed, (laughs) into the Hall of Justice. Which I guess means the public won't know about. It would just be like a secret thing. And I'm also glad that they showed... Even though they didn't explain, I'm glad they showed that Superman becomes Clark Kent again. And said there were some people who just think he's going to be Superman all the time. I was like, oh god, no. No. Clark Kent... That was like... If I had to... If I could say one thing that would dramatically... Would have the biggest change in like making Man of Steel a better movie. It would have been having Clark Kent. I think instead of just an hour and a half where it becomes a Michael Bay Transformers movie where he <laughs> fights the uh, machine things. <laughs> uh, plus, we got the classic Superman shirt rip. And the ending is similar to one from Justice League Origin, the comic I've been mentioning a lot. And they did they did make a change from the comic in the movie that I like in the movie more. Which, how often can you say that? <laughs> and in the comic, um, we read... You know how Lois has that monologue uh, about like how which, our hero yeah, steps. Yeah. So in the comic, it's a random author who writes, who they save, and he writes a book about the Justice League. And I liked how they changed it to Lois Lane writing about the Justice League in a book. So, um, did you have anything about like that ending montage? Uh, yeah, it felt kind of montages are not always like necessarily the best way to end something to me but uh with how much sheer stuff is in this trilogy and in this movie and the all the characters that are in it you kind of had to do that so i yeah i thought they wrapped it up well Uh, i liked seeing yeah and also i liked seeing uh in the wayne mansion seeing the the table and whatnot that's that was great so yeah, with th- chairs that they can add more, Green Arrow. 
But you know, Green, Green, Arrow. Green Arrow is kind of like Spider-Man. He's not a founding member. Part he he should join later. Yeah. And um, I'll just say the post-credit scene. Um, well, the first one with the Flash and Superman was awesome. It was a classic moment we see from the comics that we got to see in live action. And for the final post-credit scene with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke and I felt kind of hinting Joker. Uh, if I was going to choose like three arcs for a Justice League trilogy, one of them would be the Legion of Doom. And it looked like if we had gotten a sequel... Legion of Doom is what we would have had, and you know, darn, I didn't see that post credit scene. <laughs> you just left after. <laughs> I thought that, that I thought I saw it. The, you the, didn't like, see Flash Thompson from the Tobey Maguire Spider Man become Deathstroke. I just, I just saw the, the Superman and Flash. One. You had two, now that means you had two Teen Titans characters, and you missed. I mean, I'm sure they'd like to, you to see it again. I mean, they're begging you, like, yeah, hey, please. Please. they're actually. I'm going to receive a call shortly after this is released. Hey, um, <laughs> you said such nice things. Can you go and see it again? Maybe bring like an uncle or something. And I had surprisingly less nice things than I thought. I thought. Yes. I, had a, I thought I had a mostly positive. Uh, I feel mostly positive about the movie, but apparently, all the stuff I wrote. So I'll say, um, kind of things I didn't work, even though, like I've said so many times. Because, you know, whenever you critique something, people are just like, No! It's gotta be the best thing ever! If you say something's bad, then you are not a fan! <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, even though I said Justice League is my favorite movie of 2017, although it's my second favorite superhero crossover of 2017, now that I've seen Crisis on Earth X. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, one thing, Superman should have been killed off in the first place. This is your first, and for the next few years only, Justice League movie. So, they should have went the Richard Donner Superman, Tim Burton Batman, or last year's Wonder Woman route of making this movie like it's your only one and making it the most iconic version as possible. And having Superman with Batman and Wonder Woman is one of the most exciting things about Justice League movie. And it was dumb to have him dead for the first little bit. And it would have been different. Maybe you could have gotten away with it if this was like your second or third movie. But there's no way you can convince me that having him gone for the first half of the movie was a good idea. So, thoughts on not having Superman for the first uh, little bit? I, it's like I agree, like, plot-wise. Plot it's like, it's a Justice League movie. Superman can't be dead and it almost it also even though I said I found the plot point amusing it was mostly just kind of like a like it felt like this spooky <laughs> horror movie like they're bringing Superman back from the dead that's what I found amusing about it Pet cemetery as a plot point yeah <laughs> oh yeah he would kept referencing that he did twice um uh which is uh another Stephen King book I've yet to read but um uh so it did feel like, well, we have to find a way to bring Superman <laughs> Superman back now. Like, it felt like they kind of had to do it. Um, and it had to happen halfway through the movie. So, uh, yeah, it's a little contrary to what Justice League is. But at the same time, it's not my favorite iteration of Superman, so I don't necessarily want him to be a giant role. <laughs> so, um, you know, it did contradict the ending in BVS of having the dirt raise. Uh, what was in BVS? Remember when at when Lois is at the grave and she drops the dirt on the grave? 
the dirt starts to rise, kind of like Superman's about to fly out of the coffin. Oh. So. Oh, yeah. Because he he uh, was actually dead. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously the Flash scene didn't make a difference. Um, yeah. We can talk about, um, I think that was kind of Snyder's plan, and then when we took over, you had to change some things. Yeah. So, um, next thing. Green Lantern and Brightest Day and Darkest Night. The evil did escape his sight in this movie. Um, when they showed a Green Lantern at the beginning of the movie, I became 100% positive that we were going to see the Hal Jordan Green Lantern somewhere in the movie, and we didn't. And you know what? To put a Green Lantern in the beginning and not show the, like, the real Green Lantern is a little bit of bullying. Yeah. Like, you're just like... You're bullied. I, I feel like, it felt like, um, like, um... You were being held by a bully, and they were punching you in the face. Like, you want Green Lantern? Here's your Green Lantern! Here's your Green Lantern! <laughs> they're giving you Here's a, your Green Lantern! They're giving you a swirly. Yes! Here's your Green, green Lantern! lantern. <laughs> Go back to Ryan Reynolds! <laughs> you have a Green Lantern lunchbox? I'm gonna take your Green Lantern! <laughs> so, yeah. And I feel like Green Lantern is such a big character in the Justice League. He's like... What I there are like five kind of like key Justice League members: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and Green Lantern. I consider Aquaman another one, but a lot of people don't. So those are kind of like the big five. And to not have Green Lantern there, I think was kind of was a mistake. I mean, and, yeah, especially since I mean, I, I guess they didn't know for sure whether there's never going to be another one. But it felt like the only reason it wasn't there was because of the Ryan Reynolds movie, right? So right. Um, another thing. I don't think this is nitpicking, but whatever. Um, the Russian family. What was the yes. point of cutting back to them? Because when I watched it the first time, I thought that when Clark w- was going to be revived, he was going to stay with them when he had no memory. And it felt like you could have cut their scenes completely and just had the one where Flash helps them and he would have been fine. Yeah, you don't need to establish them, really, to I don't know necessarily what to the- make you feel... I don't know if it was almost like you're trying to, like, humanize them, but, like, you, I mean, I don't know. I guess you'd have to kind of be a sociopath to not humanize them in the Flash scene when she's, I don't know. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't I almost get... wonder if they will have had a bigger version with Snyder's plan. Yeah, although this might have just been, like, some dumb accusation that some senseless accusation for someone online, but... I, Someone, uh, I saw, like, some people talking about that they thought that the Russian family scenes were Joss Whedon scenes, but I have no idea why they would think that necessarily. I feel, it felt out of nowhere. Like, I don't know why they were there. I have no idea what that was And it felt like they were the only family in Russia. Yeah. Like, they were just... Well, that's true. That's, that's all of, yeah. And finally, what, is that finally? Yes, okay. Finally! Uh, where did you go? Note, Steppenwolf. Darkseid should have been the villain of this movie. Just like making a movie like It's Your Only One, it should have been Darkseid as the villain, not Steppenwolf. That's like having Harley Quinn be the villain in a Batman movie instead of the Joker. There was no reason for Darkseid not to be the villain in the movie. And you could have easily changed the character design, and it could have been him. Because they were... They knew that they canceled Justice League Part 2. Because, remember, it wasn't Justice League 2. It was Justice League Part 2 that was supposed to come out 
sometime, I believe, this year or next year. But if they were going to do like a part one with Steppenwolf, part two is Justice League, part two is Darkseid, they knew before they started filming that, you know, part two might not happen. So they should have just changed the character design to Darkseid. And we see from the post credit scene, they were going to have the Legion of Doom instead of Darkseid. Mm. And I were they going to have him for a third movie? And I wouldn't want it to be like the Nolan route, where in the first and third movie, it's basically the same villains. Like how League of Shadows was Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I kind of feel like in a superhero trilogy... Unless it's your big one, like Lex the Joker, it should only be in one of them and save them for the next trilogy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, when WB announced the DCU lineup, they announced Justice League Part 2 for June 2019, but then they changed it for the Ben Affleck-directed Batman movie. And I feel like you could have just as easily changed the character design, and you would have been fine. It wouldn't have changed, like, um, his personality at all. And I also feel like for future DC movies, they need to give the villains more screen time, like what Heath Ledger Joker had, or Jack Nicholson Joker had, or Darth Vader. But don't overdo it like uh, Batman Returns. Instead of just having them show up for a few minutes. So, um, thoughts on, should Stephen Wolf have been the villain instead of, like, the main guy? I mean, and should he have, should the villains start having more screen time, like Joker, of, of Vader? Of all characterizations, uh... The villain in this was like the worst part of it. Like, it's just not uh, that compelling to me because when it comes to the most famous villains, uh, like the Joker and Darth Vader, uh, they have like a presence over the entire thing that feels menacing. Um, they they have a, a face. They can be on screen for a long time. And the part of the problem with a villain like this is if you did have more screen time to establish them as an actual character instead of just vague evilness, then uh, it's hard. Like it's a CGI character. It's it would actually it would make the movie more cheesy to me to have tons of screen time on this CGI monstery looking character. Like, which is. One reason why I like, like I said, the lower stakes, you don't have to have some some sort of alien villain. You can just have a more down-to-earth, humanized like villain so they can be more of a character, and then they're more menacing, then, then they're scarier, then it feels like more of a villain. Uh, it felt like they were fighting against a force, an entity, rather than a villain in this to me. So that could it could have been done better. So, yeah, that that's basically so. In Spider Man Homecoming, we jumped now to what's next. Mm-hmm. But there's such a big topic that I feel like we should cover that next. We should give it its own little thing. So, so if you want to find out our thoughts on what's next for the DC films, find out our predictions in the next episode of Comment Section. Keep falling down that rabbit hole.